This episode originally aired as a part of my other podcast, Project Shadow. Over there, I have been doing world-building content for a while, and I'm currently moving it all over to this new podcast. New episodes will be appearing soon. I am currently making all of my old content, including World Building 101 and World Building 201, available on this podcast as Season 1 and Season 2 of Myth Weaving. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to have the fun. There are many kinds of magic systems out there, and the two categories that they generally get broken down into, if not three, are hard magic systems, soft magic systems, and hybrid magic systems. Hybrid magic systems are not the easiest thing to talk about because they're both soft and hard. Now, I am not a fan of the binaries, as you know, but this is one of the few times where this convention actually helps us out. So, let's talk about soft magic systems today on project, this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're talking about soft magic systems. And basically the difference between a hard magic system and a soft magic system is how well defined the rules are. That's usually what people say. I am going to go a little bit deeper with that. But before I begin, I would like to say if you are wanting a deeper dive into various aspects of this, I highly recommend that you go over to YouTube and follow the channel Hello Future Me. Tim Hicks has done a wonderful job going through all of this and breaking it down and making sense out of multiple people's different ideas about this, including those by he who is just ubiquitously quoted in here that I just almost feel like not saying his name, but Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson's channel also has a lot of information about this as well. I like the way Tim Hicks broke down Brandon Sanderson's laws and put them in context with what other people have said about writing fantasy and writing magic, but to each their own. They're going to give you a lot more of that. I'm going to be talking more on the side and about other aspects of this than they are. So bear that in mind. So... And when I say that the difference between a hard magic system and a soft magic system is how well defined the magic system is, that means to your readers, not to you. And I really have to say that because most people, when they talk about soft magic systems, they're like, it's willy nilly. You can do whatever you want. Everything. Just do it. Just do it. Because you don't have to define it. You don't have to explain how it works. And that's not how it works. Now, in fairness, neither Tim nor Brandon say that. So I don't want you to think that I'm imputing that to them. But I've heard that numerous times, and it drives me crazy. No matter whether you're doing a hard magic system or a soft magic system, there still needs to be a system. There need to be rules. There need to be a basic understanding of how that works. I like to use what, what I call the rule of three. You need to have at least three rules. What can magic do? What can magic not do? And what is magic most commonly used for? Or, for the third one, what is the price of magic? 
These three rules are the basics that you have to have no matter what kind of a magic system you're doing, even if it's a soft magic system. Because there's nothing worse than reading a whole bunch of books by she who now shall who bleh. see I can't even say she who shall not be named anymore because uh, rage. But there's nothing worse than reading a bunch of books by she who shall not be named, where you see people waving their hands and food magically appearing everywhere, to get to a book where oh it would be convenient for the plot for food to be scarce. So. Yeah, that's not what was actually going on. Let me retcon everything that happened before this and explain to you how that's not exactly what was happening. And okay, okay, fine. But that's really a rule you should have established earlier because this seems like a convenience hitch that got added later so you could make your plot more interesting when you didn't have anything else that you wanted to be writing about. So yeah, don't do that. Know what you can use magic for and what you can't use magic for and exactly how you want magic to work out in your setting first and then, then get started actually making your stories. All right? Good. So, yes, when you're writing a self-magic system, you don't need as many rules as you would if you're doing a hard magic system. Because a hard magic system which we will talk about is more like defining your own kind of metaphysics for how a series works and how the magic actually functions. When you're doing a soft magic system, you don't have to go into that much detail, but you still need to know exactly what you're doing. This, This is such an important thing. The rules that you're creating are designed for two specific reasons. One, because a story that is fantastical, and we've talked about this a lot already, needs to have a sense of internal consistency. You need to feel like you understand what's going on in the world, because it's that sense of consistency that allows people to buy into the fantastical elements that you are writing about. So definitely work on that part. But the other part that you need to work on is power creep. You you need to have basic questions answered. Like, do you have to say words to cast magic? Are wands required? And if so, why? Understanding these basic things, and you don't have to go into like an immense amount of detail. It could just be wands focus magic. And so if you cast magic without a wand it it will either be weaker or it just doesn't work as well i mean it could just be a very simple cursory explanation but you need to know the answers to this that way you don't find yourself in this weird magic creep where the power keeps escalating to the point where it's impossible to accept that the later stories and the earlier stories happen in the same setting so For me, when I'm doing my epic fantasy series, for example, I actually wrote an in-world document that is a treaty of sorts between all of the different magical organizations in the world to define the education of magic, because many of them came together to found a magic school for the setting. For reasons, long story, it'll be up on the website eventually, so just look forward to that. But... As a part of that, I use that as an excuse to define the rules in 
setting. So I get to figure out exactly how the characters are talking about it and everything so that I have the language that they would use going forward. Now, for my urban fantasy setting, magic is much more of an amorphous thing. It is a soft magic system over there, but I still have to know the rules because I need to know what is and is not possible. And because of the way I structured those rules, I can keep myself from making characters crazy OP. Because there are overpowered characters in the setting. They do exist. The dragons are overpowered. Most of the Rephaim are overpowered. But that's because they are the elders. They are very powerful beings, and that's built into the stories. Right? There may be a few human practitioners that can stand up to them. But they are even dwarfed by the gods. So even though it is a soft magic system, I still kind of have a tier list for how magic is broken up and who can grant magical powers, how those magical powers are granted, and the sort of things that magic can do and accomplish. That's all that I need to know. The likelihood that we're going to see a human that can do X, Y, or Z is unlikely because of the rules that are set up. And it keeps that consistency built in. Limits are the most important thing to do, especially if you're doing a soft magic system. Focus less on what magic can do than defining clearly what it cannot do. Because that's where stories start falling apart. If you have in one book or in one chapter a character saying, well, magic just can't do that. And then in a later chapter, oh, wow, magic can do that, or vice versa, it breaks the immersion in the story. Now, there may be a reason for that, because they don't know that magic can also do the other thing. And if that's the case, more power to you. Have fun with that. But as you, as the writer, need to know how to do that. It's kind of like the whole idea that grammar rules are made to be broken when you're writing, but if you don't know what the rules are and you're just doing things willy-nilly, it shows. So learn your grammar, learn what you're doing, create the grammary, the magic of your world, so that if you break those rules, it shows that you at least knew what you were doing. It is important to state, because again, it should go without saying, but so many people treat soft magic systems as this like, get out of jail free card, like, I feel like doing a lot of world building, so I'm going to just do a soft magic system. Soft magic systems are, in a lot of ways, a lot harder to write than hard magic systems. Mainly because when you have the rules very clearly delineated, like, you can do this, that, and the other thing, but you can't do these other things, it's harder for the audience to misunderstand what you're doing or misinterpret the words that you're writing. Because as long as you're giving them a good sense of the setting, they understand the rules that you came up with. Soft magic systems, on the other hand, can feel a bit more problematic. Avatar The Last Airbender, which, as you will notice, that I and most people who talk about world building constantly go to Avatar because it is the gold standard in world building. They did such a good, good job with it. But yeah... They have a soft magic system. 
Yes, in Korra, they kind of explain where the Avatar's powers came from and kind of where the other elemental airbenders came from. Kind of? But not in a very strict, hard magic sort of a way. So you have to ask yourself, when you're designing your world, what can you do? What can't you do? Making it work, making it stronger, making it all kinds of work for you. Because, uh, that probably didn't sound right, but you have to make sure that you understand the ins and outs of what you're doing, or your audience won't believe it. Writing, especially writing fantastical fiction, and even more so when writing a soft magic system, is all about sleight of hand. It's about making the audience feel like they're seeing more than they're actually seeing. It's like being a stage magician much more than, actually that's a very good analogy it's it's like being a stage magician more than it is like being a hermeticist hermeticism and that that's much more what you find in the realm of say a hard magic system but no when you're doing soft magic you have to put on more of a show because you can't rely on the fact that I have explained the rules of magic and how this all works. So, going to Avatar, you see this mix of the martial arts being put into the magic so that you have this stage show, this production that goes along with it. You can see this in the difference between the Harry Potter books and the movies, which I really want to stop using as an example, but, you know, people are familiar with them. The movies had to actually come up with a symbology and a... Uh, choreography to go along with the magic system that is completely not present in the books and one of the places where the books feels weaker so that it would make sense and be something that you were more likely to buy into as you're watching a movie because you have much less time to explain a magic system it's not impossible in film to do a hard magic system it's just really really tricky so most film and TV shows definitely default to doing a soft system. But you have to be focused, like laser focused on making sure that you are keeping yourself consistent and that you are putting in all of the special effects and other artifacts around the use of magic in your story to distract your readers from not getting explanations for why and how the magic works the way that it does. Now, you're still going to get comments from people saying, you know, I wish that you explained this aspect better or that aspect better, because you know what? People like hard magic systems, especially people that read fantasy books. But if you can give them a satisfying experience of the magic system, then it will not be as obvious that you didn't give them the details that they are craving. So bear that in mind and be very careful in how you try to pull this off. A soft magic system done poorly will hurt your story. And you can see this very clearly in The Crimes of Grindelwald, just to keep going back to She Who Shall Not Be Named. She didn't understand her magic system because it was not well-defined, and now all of a sudden... Mm, that movie just does not feel right. So make sure that you're not choosing the soft magic system because you think it's going to be easier for you.
If you have chosen to write with a soft magic system because you thought it would be easier, think again. Like, I don't want to scare you and I don't want to scare anybody off from this, but I feel like soft magic systems have become a cover for people who don't want to do world building, and that is exactly what they should not be. So if you are doing a story in which magic is an important part of the story, but not the most important part of the story, then a soft magic system is probably right for you. If you are doing a story in which magic is integral to the plot and understanding how magic works is important to the plot, then maybe don't, don't, don't do a soft magic system, do a hard magic system because that, 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 that will really help you out a lot. So you want to tell a story and you want it to include magic and you've decided on a soft magic system. How do you create one? Number one, ask yourself, where does magic come from? Now, in a hard magic system, you're going to want to be as detailed and specific as possible with this. Soft magic system, not so much, but you do need to know where magic is coming from, because if you don't, then you can start saying some contradictory things that can start bringing people out of the full immersion that you want them to have in the fantastic elements of your story. So, where's the magic from? Where, Where does it come from? Is it something people are born with? If so, how? Be very careful here that you don't accidentally create racist magic, because that's very easy to do, but we have covered that in an earlier episode. So now that you have answered where your magic comes from, How do people gain access to it? Because especially if you're doing a soft magic system, this should be the place where you put most of your world building in. If it requires magic words, then maybe you should have a general idea of why the magic words work or why the words in a specific language work. If it requires certain hand movements or body actions, maybe a cursory understanding of why just because if you justify it to yourself and you don't have to make this human readable, this does not have to be something that your readers will ever know about, but you should know for yourself. So if you get yourself in a place where all magic requires hand movements, so all I have to do is either chop the hands off of a wizard or bind their hands and they cannot do magic. Okay. Is it sound? If it's sound, you have to answer this question because, well, does that mean that if I put a ball gag on a wizard, they can't do the magic? Or do I have to literally cut their throat out? Is it the resonance of the sound in their throat? Or is it the actual sound reverberating through the air as it escapes them? This may sound like nitpicking, but it's really important when you're setting up stakes because... If all that needs to happen is for a simple gag to be put over a wizard for them to lose their powers, then you need to be consistent with that. Anytime a wizard or a magic user of any kind gets captured, the first thing that they're going to do is put a bandana over their mouth or something. They're going to cover their mouth so they can't make sounds. It's as simple as that. You need to understand these rules because the people in your setting will. 
And also, it makes things make more sense, because if you're saying that the hands have to be used, fingers have to be used, then, and I'm not going to call out the series for this, but if you read it, you know the one I'm talking about, where hands are very required for magic, and then all of a sudden somebody has their hands bound and they start doing eye movements that make it work? Okay, well, secretly, it was sigils that make the magic all along. And they, they were doing it at first with their fingers, and now they're doing it with their eyes. Woo! Okay, see, sigils do the magic. And that's what you should have explained earlier on, so that when the eye magic happens, it doesn't feel like it's breaking the world. Okay? Maybe nobody's tried it with their eyes yet. Again, Avatar The Last Airbender shows this really, really well. You have to have access to a certain type of material for your bending to work. Metal is not earth. Until Toph, who has already shown that she can use her earth bending to find her way around because she's blind and can sense things through the earth, through the vibrations in the earth, oh, suddenly she can sense the earth in the metal and bend it. Uh You see, the little things matter. Anytime you're dealing with a soft magic system, it is exclusively about the little things. It's all about the little things, because they are going to be what makes or breaks your story. Because you haven't established grand rules. You haven't established within the story clear delineations about how everything works. You should have at least a cursory understanding of where magic comes from and how it gets used. Even if it's not detailed and explained. Why, all of a sudden, when your wizards are on out on a boat, do they have access to less magic? But magic is life. Okay, well, that's great, but there's, like, all this life in the water, so if they just, like, jumped off the boat and went into the water, would they suddenly have power? Is the surface tension of the water keeping the power away from them? Not that I've read that in a book, but I've read that in the book. And in a series I actually like, but it really bothers me, because... Okay, so there's no fish in the sea? Where where is this void coming from that the water brings about? Suddenly, I'm popped out of the series, and I'm asking questions that I shouldn't be asking. Maybe it has to be free-flowing in the air, and once you get a certain radius away, that it's like an aura that life puts out, kind of like the Force in Star Wars, but less flowing through everything, but just radiated from stuff. And since the fish are further down in the water column, they're too far away for the wizards to utilize said power? This may sound like nitpicking, but your your readers will do all the nitpicking. All of it. And you have to be ready for it. You're not going to be able to anticipate every question, and you should not pull out your own hair trying to figure out every little question that they are eventually going to ask or have about the setting or the story. Because trust me, they will think about things that you will have never considered when you're doing your world building. And you may or may not want to answer those questions then. But you need to know enough that it doesn't feel like you just suddenly made an arbitrary rule. So where does your magic come from? What or how is it utilized? How is it accessed? And finally, and we've talked about this before, 
What can and can it not do? You really need to set those four things up, no matter how soft you want your magic system to be. And maybe you just want to do a simple thing like I do with some of my stories and just go, this story runs off of Aladdin settings. It can't make people fall in love and you shouldn't bring back the dead. It isn't pretty. I don't like doing it. And leave it at that. And magic can pretty much do everything else because Aladdin, soft magic system. And that's fine. That's perfectly all right. But I have set out clear, arbitrary rules. You cannot change someone's free will with magic. Okay. I now have a rule that I need to follow. And if I ever look like I'm breaking it, people will call me out on it. So do those four things. Focus on those four things. That's it. Everything else that you add on top of that is candy. Because honestly, how does the magic in the Lord of the Rings work? Only the Valar know. They're the only ones. Well, I'm sure, you know, Eruvatar knows, but I'm sorry, Eru Iluvatar knows, but you know, he knows all, but doesn't talk to most of us. So if we don't know, it's, it's, it's clearly a mystery, but it's intended to be a mystery. So you can do that in your own work. That's fine. That's perfectly all right. That is 100% fine. But you need to know that you're doing that. Because there's a difference between, I just didn't think about it, and no, this is intentionally a mystery that's being left vague, so don't worry about it. Those are two very different and distinct ways of approaching a story, and your reader will sniff out the difference between them. So be intentional, or be called out, because it's fantasy fiction, and the only people that call out people more than fantasy readers are sci-fi readers. So just prepare yourself for that. I hope I haven't put anybody off on the idea of doing a soft magic system. I just want to dispel the myth around it because yes, they are a lot simpler to make. Those four things that we've talked about over and over and over again are really the only four things that you have to figure out before you get writing. And that's a lot easier than doing a full or hard magic system and all of the rules that you need to concatenate for that to happen. But having said that, remember, anytime you do something simple, you have fewer places to hide. Because complexity covers a great multitude of sins. It does. <laughs> it's the easiest way to make things look better, is just to add more complexity to the point where your eye gets distracted from the little things that it would have noticed if the complexity had not been there. See any movie by Michael Bay. And I'm not even kidding with that. If you actually look at how much stuff that they put in there a lot of it is simply to distract your eye and can confuse your vision so that you're not paying attention to the quality of the effects that are being put in. It's an easy cheat because so much is going on. You assume, oh, because I can see all of this fine detail, they must be doing high definition renders when often they aren't. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book. So, Anytime you're trying to simplify, do it, do it, run with it, have fun with it, but 
Don't delude yourself into thinking that that's going to somehow make your life magically easier. It will if you don't want to go through all of the hassle of creating a full-blown magic system. But if, on the other hand, you want to do something just simple and straightforward, don't don't cheat yourself on doing the basic amounts of homework to understand where you're coming from. You will thank yourself because it'll make your stories easy to write and your readers will thank you because it shows that you cared. All right. I hope that this was a good episode. If you enjoyed it and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate this episode or the podcast in any significant way, please do so. It helps me out more than you could possibly know. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you would like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you don't have, if you don't want to do that, but you'd like to, you know, hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on most platforms, including Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. Alrighty. And this is the hardest part for me because I always feel awkward about it. If you've got a dollar that you can pass my way down in the show notes, you'll find a link to listener support, Patreon, and coffee for one-time donations. If you can afford to help out, it really would be greatly appreciated right now. But if you don't, that's perfectly all right. Those who don't donate will hopefully be getting more stuff from me soon. I'm looking at ways to beef up my offerings over on Patreon. So if there's anything in particular that you would like to get, do let me know so I can see whether or not I can fit it onto a tier. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving me some of your hard-earned money, that's perfectly all right. But if you know anybody that you think would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out so much more than you could ever possibly imagine. Getting discovered in this business is truly the hardest part. So anything that you can do to help to get more eyes on the work that I do, that, that is an immensely powerful and wonderful thing. So thank you for that. I wish I could stop saying this just because I, I, I want to believe that we as a country can get better, but given what has happened in the last week and, uh, I just, I feel like things are going backwards, not forwards. And I don't like that, but remember black lives matter, black trans lives matter. Trans identities are valid. Go out there, be loud, be proud, make your voices heard. It's the only way we're going to make things better is if we shout so loud they can't can't drown us out anymore. And until next time, may you have the courage to ride your dreams into reality and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.